Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our heart-raised classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I'm okay. How are you? For some stupid reason, my body was like, hey, get up at 345 and somehow I still have energy for this. Was it coffee? Is, is it because of coffee? No, actually, I only had a, a tea and a half. Oh, I is think it, it's all the exercise. I was going to say, is it just pure adrenaline? That also might be doing Pure it. adrenaline! Is it halfway through this, it's going to be like the energy level is just going to do... Yeah, probably. Anywho. And then I'll be right behind you because I managed to sleep in longer than you. But you woke me up when you went and got breakfast at like 5.30. I love you. I'm not saying... I'm just saying I also was up early. Okay. Okay? Not as early. Don't give me the fake tear. Crocodile tears. You can give me the fake tear all you want <laughs> because no one can see that because this is an audio podcast. YouTube's where the money's at. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Apparently it is. It's, I, I, I watched a conference and they said audio does better on YouTube than it does on audio services like Spotify. And, you know and what's like crazy? That. You know what else is crazy? We're on Spotify and not on YouTube. And I watched that thing and I told you about it. But I don't want people looking at me right now. Well, it could just be like like one of those audiophile things. Oh, like we well, that's on, not a terrible idea. On, on Twitter, but the thing is to do that without like knowing how to do it myself, I have to pay extra money for it. Oh, no. Then never mind. Yeah. So. We're in this to make money, not spend money. We We're, haven't made any money. We haven't made any money. We're in the hole because we paid for things. Like hosting. Anyway. Yay. We have fun though. That's why we do That's this. why we do it. It's we fun. don't do this to make money. We do it for fun. Because if we were doing this to make money, we would have given up more than 25 episodes. Go yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Shall we get into this week's movie? Can we? Yeah. This week we'll be talking about RoboCop, which originally hit theaters back in 1987. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Detroit has a cancer. <laughs> cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot! recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Get a cop, for God's sake! Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Again, mm -hmm. it is an audio podcast. Wee People can't see boop. you doing the but robot. But they can hear me making the sound. But they can't see you <laughs> making the robot dance noises. Uh, so on July 13th, yes. Kylie Minogue releases her debut album, or debut single, sorry, Locomotion. Oh, come on and do the Locomotion with me. On Kylie Minogue, remember when she had like that mid two thousands like no no oh hell la, la. she's hot as she was hot hotty hot hot yeah get it girl yes uh, on July twenty first Guns and Roses debut album Appetite for Destruction is released and becomes the best selling debut album of all time with more than thirty million copies sold. Well then, welcome to the. Jungle. That's not that album, is it? I, I have it no idea. I don't think it is. I don't know Guns I know Roses some Guns N' Roses songs, and I know in his heyday, Axl Rose was a hottie hot hop. Not anymore, no. He's he's become burnt. He is very burnt. <laughs> uh, and then on July 27th, it was the first expedited salvaging of the Titanic wreck. Oh, wow. That's yeah. fancy fun. And July 29th, 
Ben and Jerry's and Jerry Garcia agree on a new flavor, calling it Cherry Garcia. That's neat and fun. So Cherry Garcia ice cream is as old as RoboCop. It is, but we need to roll back a second. Okay. You couldn't you can think you just talk about the Titanic for like a second and then not talk about it much more. Okay. Do you did you do any research into this? You didn't. You know, you, you, into the Titanic? I yeah, know a lot yeah. about the Titanic. Well, do you know in this at this point had they figured out that it was in two pieces yet? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember when they found out when it was in two pieces. There is a movie called Raise the Titanic, and mm-hmm. I've seen it. And it came out before they discovered that the Titanic was in two pieces. And in the movie, they basically put a, a balloon in the Titanic and they raise it from the bottom of the ocean. And they treated it like it was like this this massive, like impressive thing. And it turns out it was just a really bad movie. It might have been September 1st, 1985. The first underwater images of the Titanic were recorded as its giant boilers were discovered. Later video showed the ship lying upright in two pieces. There you go. When was Raise the Titanic? I remember that movie. My dad had it on, like he taped it off of TV. 1980. Raise the Titanic was 1980. Oh, well, that's very old, dear. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's old Remember enough. what they thought dinosaurs looked like in 1980? Well, I know, but yeah, Raise the Titanic. Here's, look, here's a shot of it. There's a guy, he's bringing it into harbor. <laughs> just this guy, just pulling it behind him. <laughs> Makes sense, what? right? Yeah, that's it, it's, bizarre. It's I think it's the, I think it is a production of the miniature. I think that's what that is. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. So we're not here to talk about Titanic. No, one day, one day we will be. One day, but we won't be talking about raise the Titanic. We'll be talking about Titanic. But yes, RoboCop, nineteen eighty seven, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Shall we speak on the box office? Yes, please. Let's be on the microphone. So let's pick up right after Burnt Popcorn episode thirty eight. Yes, which was Predator being number one at the box office. That was beaten by The Witches of Eastwick. Then Dragnet, and then Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, with a 7.9 million box office debut, when Robocop barely beat that What the, the next week. The Revenge of the Nerds movie? It barely beat it. Revenge of the Nerds was 7.9 million. Robocop took an 8 the next week. See, there you go. And it held for two weeks after then being beaten by James Bond. In The Living Daylights, which had Timothy Dalton as Bond. Oh, fancy. And that debuted with $11 million. As we previously discussed only a few weeks ago, top movies of the year were Three Men and a Baby at $167.8 million, Fatal Attraction at $156.6 million, and Beverly Hills Cop 2 at $153.7 million. Robocop was 16th at $53.4 million. 1987 is becoming our new 1997. No, just yours. <laughs> I just wanted to do these two movies, and it just so happened that they were very close together. We were talking last night. Yes. No, this morning in the car. Mm-hmm. And I asked you if you could go back to any year in movie history and like go to the actual movies in a theater. Yes. What would you pick? And you instantly jumped to 80s. Yeah. Instantly. Because there's a lot of banger movies in theaters at the same time. Like it's it's the, the thing that's different about then and now is back in the 80s, you'd still see these moments of, oh, there's a movie that's been in the theaters for like nine months and stuff like that. So you could probably get some really great 87 and 88 movies, maybe, you know, in early 89, you know, mm-hmm. so you you could, in theory, get a big swath of movies, depending on the, the time frame. That said, I didn't specifically pick a year because I was like, oh, this is the year I'd like to go to. Because really, off the top of my head, when it comes to dates and stuff, I'm really bad. Yeah. I'm really bad at being like, oh, yeah, that was the year that that this came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I could... Dave Baldwin from the podcast, who, the, who previously joined us on the Army of Darkness episode. Mm-hmm. That I, was a long time that ago was now. A long, That was episode four. I guarantee you, if we asked him that question, he would be like, this is the year and these are the movies I'd love to see. Yeah, fair. I feel like mine would either be 96 or 98 or 2001. Mm -hmm. Bit of a range. Besides that, let's get into this movie specifically. And our memories of this movie and not memories of, you know, what year would we like to go to? So, me... I have a extensive history with RoboCop and it's kind of interesting because 
we watched the unrated version. Yes. And my relationship with RoboCop started with the made for TV version mm. that is heavily sanitized. Well, it's not made for TV, but well, yes, no, the TV. edited for TV. Yes, that's it's a fair way to say that. But basically, how I first saw RoboCop, I'd never even heard of it. Is my parents had a videotape that had Star Trek VI taped off the TV on it. Yeah, as we we all did back then. And then after that. I believe we had Empire Strikes Back, and this is on the same VHS. And then after Empire Strikes Back was RoboCop. How do they fit that much on one VHS? I they I don't know. They were all edited for TV, right? Still. Anyway, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but so that cutting it pretty close on I think how much that VHS could have fit. Probably, but after one of these movies ended one day, I didn't turn the tape off, and it rolled in RoboCop. And you were fast. And this is where my love affair with RoboCop began. <laughs> How old would you say you probably were? Oh, God. I don't know. I would have been in my parents. It was in my parents' new house. Okay. The one that they're in now. Yeah. So it wouldn't have happened until after I was in grade four. Okay. So not like you were watching RoboCop, even edited at six, but still. Like, because that's the thing. Like, a lot that happens in RoboCop that there's no way it would have been on TV. So. There's a lot of. Like, I'm just trying to think of uh, of sequences that are different. It actually probably would have been a really hilarious trip to have watched because the the Blu-ray version, I have the Arrow version, Arrow, uh, Arrow video version, and one of the special features is the sanitized edited for TV version. One, one day we'll watch one it. One day we'll watch it. Just for funsies. But, like, I remember specifically there are parts in the movie where... Um, do you remember the scene when, obviously, we just watched the movie, you remember the scene, where RoboCop goes into the the supermarket where the guy is robbing it. Yeah. And the guy, as he's shooting at RoboCop, goes, fuck me, fuck me, right? Because he's like, you know, oh, why is this happening to me? The sanitized edited version, he's like, why me? Why me? <laughs> like, it's, it's all stuff like that. And, and I remember... I remember I loved RoboCop, and the only time I'd ever watched it for years was from this. Oh yeah, from for this, sure. This made-for-TV edit, and then after I got a DVD player. So this is now we're talking like 2000, 2001 at the earliest. So you were old enough to actually be watching RoboCop. Old, old enough to be actually watching RoboCop at this point. I bought a copy of RoboCop on DVD, and I truly watched it for the first time oh and were you like what i was like what is this like it, it was so different yeah it was better but it was so different than what i knew mm-hmm. and and i will say also when it comes to robocop like robocop is is one of those things it's like alien it's like dress park for me it's a obviously it's my one of my top three favorite movies with those two it, it is one of those things where I have the memorabilia everywhere. Like mm-hmm. there is literally a RoboCop helmet on the shelf inside right where we're sitting. Like we beside. have RoboCop. Yeah. What is sitting beside beside it? at 209. So, I mean, right there, like RoboCop, we still haven't completely unpacked. The RoboCops are packed away. But Ed 209 is sitting next the to RoboCop. Multiple RoboCops. Well, I got to get. So I have one RoboCop. I just have a regular RoboCop. And then I have RoboCop. That is video game themed. So it's the Robocop versus Terminator NECA exclusive where he looks like he's got like digitized graphics on him. And then somebody gifted me like a classic Robocop action figure that like goes like beep, 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 and it doesn't make any noise anymore. But yeah, so I have some Robocop memorabilia. You gave me a Robocop pop vinyl. It is yep. the only pop vinyl I own. Yep. Um, and Robocop, I will say, probably has the the distinction i don't know if that's the best way to put it as being the movie i've double dipped on the most when it comes to buying it over and over and over again oh i i I kind of thought that was either going to be alien or jurassic park no uh i have i have the i I originally bought a dvd of robocop Mm -hmm. i bought a steelbook special edition a few years later Mm mm-hmm I bought a Blu-ray version mm-hmm. of, of RoboCop, and then I bought the Arrow video version of special edition of RoboCop as well. So I have four versions. Yeah, that Arrow version is new. It is new, yeah. 
but I, I have so I have four I have four different versions of the original of RoboCop, and each each one is different. Like some of them have the director's cut, some of them don't. Some of them uh, have special features. Like the first version I have that's Blu-ray has like no special features at all, things like that. Um, but yes, so. I own that movie more. Jurassic Park, I only own actually two copies of. I own a DVD and a Blu-ray copy of Jurassic Park. So, And Aliens, I own a DVD and Blu-ray copy of. Wow. You are just so blah, blah, blah. Anyway, RoboCop, third favorite movie of all time. I have a history with RoboCop. What is your history with RoboCop? I can't remember the first time I saw RoboCop. I can't remember if it was with you while we were like dating. Or another guy while I was dating. Because it's one of those movies where guys love RoboCop. A lot of guys, especially from our generation, love RoboCop. Mm-hmm. So at some point I watched RoboCop with a dude. And I don't remember if it was you because <laughs> we've been together a long time. We've definitely watched RoboCop. We watched RoboCop in theaters together once. We went to the theater to see RoboCop, which I mean is only fair because you've come to see some silly stuff in the theater with me. I re-release it. Like yes. You came to see Titanic with me. That's that's one thing. And I'm, Labyrinth with me. That's one thing I'm really happy about is my three favorite movies I have seen in theaters at some point or another. All of them. Uh, I wish I could have seen them, you know, on film. At some point, because I'm pretty sure we just watched the Blu-ray copies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. But no, like I just remember watching it and I feel like the first time I saw it and like acknowledged it, I feel like it was somewhat familiar, maybe because I watched the cartoon as a kid, Mm because somehow there were tons of cartoons made of adult properties, which makes no sense when we were children. Yes, yes. But I, I remember watching it. I that. feel like I must have seen like an edited TV for version, like TV version back in the day, because I remember watching it. I remember the one scene where he gets his hand blown off. Yes. And I remember going, that, uh, that was not in the version I saw. So I feel like <laughs> I must have seen it. You know what? Just, I thought you were going to say this and it reminded me of another scene in the edited version. Obviously Emil. He gets toxic wasted. Yeah. And then he gets hit Ooh. by a car and like blows up and everything. Yeah. In the made for TV version, he just drives by him. Like he, he just like turns around and, and like he like dodges him. Oh. So when that happened the first time I'd seen it, like the yeah, the real version, that was quite a surprise, I must say. I was wow. expecting him to just go around him and it's just splat. Anyway. So can we get into the movie? Can yeah, yeah. I, I thought- feel like we're talking about the movie at this point already, but. I really liked the first thing I in about this movie that I did really like mm-hmm. was how they set up the news broadcast. Yes. They set up the world like immediately. Like yeah. it, you know, because it's, it's science fiction, it's the future. But it's near future. Yeah. But they, what they do is is they they do this, this I don't want to call it the bookending it because it is at the end, beginning. It is at They're the like end. They're like bumpers. They're little bumpers. And it puts you in the world and not just like the world, like you you know the characters, but you also know the world that they're living in as well because but of these things. It's not even just that they did like news broadcasts, but they did the news broadcasts in a way that made sense without them even realizing because these, they were three minute news bites. Yeah. And like nowadays, that's what people watch on YouTube is three minute news bites. Yep. Or TikToks mm-hmm. to get their news. So like, they predicted this, mm-hmm. they, but then when they're ta- they're talking about apartheid, it's in South Africa. Yep. Um. So like they they really did kind of capture some like stuff that was relevant in 1987. And what year is this supposed to be set in? Uh, it's like 2030 or 2050. It's not even that far ahead. Of yeah, there. but I mean, in the 80s, it's a lot farther ahead, right? Yeah. So. No, I, I really liked the setup of these little three-minute news bites. And then seeing some of the other TV that they played throughout the movie, like the I buy that for a dollar guy and stuff, like just showing the lowbrow, crass stuff that people are watching. And these three, I'm like, well, they predicted that pretty, pretty, pretty good. Seven years from now is when RoboCop takes oh, place. Oh, no. <laughs> the way things are going in the States, eh, not shocking. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's true, though. Like, the 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 thing you, the the crass television stuff the thing that you were saying like i remember when we were kids like you'd never see someone say bitch on tv no. 
or like, and now like you watch network programs where they say shit. Yeah. And that's like insane to me. Yeah. Any cable, they say fuck on cable during their shows. Well, and remember, well, I don't know how, if you were like, I watched the Simpsons as a kid. I was allowed to watch whatever I wanted as a kid because mm-hmm. my parents were like, it's just TV. Right. So surely this can't change their, well, brain. not just that, <laughs> no, but no. like, they said bitch on the Simpsons yeah, and stuff. And I remember my friends being like, we're not allowed to watch that. And Simpsons being like this target of like, you know, your, your million mom marches and stuff against yeah, them yeah. because they were so, and now it's like, but that's a whole other kind Simpsons of thing. Simpsons is super tame. Like, it's so tame, but they're not really doing anything different in terms of language or anything, but it's just the world we live in. That's not yeah. subversive anymore. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but then we roll into another poor prediction of the future where the, oh, the, the cops, things are going poorly for the cops. Obviously they're working in Detroit. They're getting killed left, right and center. Yes. Just it's a, it's a bad go to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Who's signing up for this job? But anyway, right. The sergeant is like, cops don't strike. Yeah. Well, we look at things that are happening in the States these days and it's like, I don't want to get put on the list, but anyway, <laughs> but you yeah. know what I mean? Like they're, they're quitting in droves in some pre- like spots because, you know, one of their brothers in arms got arrested for murdering an unarmed black man. Right. It's like, yeah, they do. Police unions are very powerful. Well, that's the other thing too. Like the way that the police are depicted in this movie, they're very militarized and that wasn't as as common as it is now like this it's, is true it's it's like they're wearing full like every cop is wearing like full body armor like well not just but the, at the same time they need it because holy crap they're literally getting murdered left right and center in detroit yes, detroit yes. is a bad scene and like so omnicorp is looking to basically demolish downtown detroit yes and, and build like an actual the like, city of the future and i'm like Guys, I know gentrification has its faults, but this seems like a better option than what you guys are living with right now. Right. Yeah. And like all the jobs to build it. I mean, the guy who had the old man who runs Omnicorp, mm. I don't think is a bad dude. He's not a bad dude, but I don't think Omnicorp in itself is bad. The only person who's bad is what's his nose? Uh, Dick Jones. Yeah. Dick yeah. Jones is a bad dude because his prerogative is, you know, well, there's going to be lots of workers, so they'll be good for, you know, drugs and hookers and gambling. Ha, ha, ha. Make my money that way. He's a bad dude. Yes. He also murders people. Well, that's the thing to get what he wants. But, yes. like, his goals are not good. But it seems like the rest of the people at Omnicorp, their goals are not that bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure, Bob Morton is a bit of a shark that's like, oh, oh too he's bad that guy. He's 80s businessman. Oh, he's 80. Yeah, he's 80s. Like the safety dance is oozing out of that guy's pores, right? Yeah. Like, it's a good thing that he got murdered because he would have had a serious case of both. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, like, even though, even though he's very ruthless in the way that he acts, his goal is still basically to. Put a better cop in the and streets. Like, like, yeah, like to keep people safe. Like his reasons for it, it might not be like altruistic. Yes, but his overall goal is not necessarily a bad. But like he goes about it in like a shady way. Like he's like too bad for Murphy. He signed a waiver when yeah, he signed yeah. up, so we can do whatever we want with his corpse. It's like that's not great but at the same time like detroit is in bad shape they they need help they need better than a regular cop the cops need help like i feel bad for these cops they are getting murdered all over town yeah the one guy is killing cops left right and center okay can we talk about the bad no you want to talk about clarence yeah let's talk about clarence okay okay so clarence is played by kurtwood smith yes he was red foreman yes (laughs) red foreman was intimidating red foreman was a strong stand-up guy. Red Foreman would have kicked Clarence's ass. <laughs> he would have called him a dumbass and kicked his ass. Uh-huh. Clarence is the least intimidating super gangster bad guy I think I've ever seen. Really? You don't find him? Not even. 
He's a very slender, small man. He looks very slender and small. He's wearing this hipster scarf the whole time and glasses. Like he's just, he, nothing about him reads. This is a man who controls the town and who, if I look at sideways, is going to kill me. Like he would. That's the, the, the thing. But he, he you don't think he, he, there's nothing intimidating about Clarence. I, don't do I think that Kurtwood Smith did a good job acting the role? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think he was not what I would have cast in the role? Like I'm not talking. Don't hire someone who looks like John Cena, like a big muscular guy or anything. I'm not talking about that. But he doesn't give off a well. This guy, you know cut snitches balls off and puts them in their mouths vibe this no. guy kind of looks more like he like we're going to a rumble a rumble <laughs> snapping his fingers and like really? walking down the dance streets so stuff. so when he just throws his one of his men to to his death as a distraction that yeah. doesn't do anything for you that's the crazy thing is but like he doesn't give you the vibe that, that he would actually do it but then he doesn't no, I just he, you again, just can't take him seriously. He's got skinny jeans on, <laughs> okay, and that scarf, and uh-huh. like those fingerless gloves and stuff. Hey, and fingerless I'm, gloves are cool. No, they're not. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. Okay, so then if you, out of the guys in the movie, who do you think should have been like the leader man? Oh, 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 um, 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 um Ray um, Wise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Ray Wise. Hundred percent. He would have been a much better. But he's not much bigger than Kurtwood Smith. But there's something about his eyes and the way he carries himself that lends itself more to leader of a criminal syndicate. Mm-hmm. He's got that look about him. Okay. Yeah, 100% Ray Wise. Interesting. Interesting. So when you when we finally get around to watching Twin Peaks, you're, you'll see. Okay. Okay. Like, he's just, he's a very good actor. I like, but he's got something about him that you just feel like can't trust him can't trust he's gonna he's gonna murder me and shove my balls in my mouth if i feel like he's uh if if he feels like i'm snitching so okay you know um so okay dick jones sucks uh-huh. as well yes let's go back to dick jones okay first he shows up with his freaking claymation robot <laughs> and Stop motion. It's not claymation. It looks like it's made of clay. It's not, though. What's it made out of? Well, it's not clay, but it's not like the the, the claymation. Claymation is different. Stop motion. See, it's stop motion because it is a solid puppet that has joints and it moves. Claymation implies that it's made of a malleable material and you're like moving it around. It looks malleable. It's not. It's a hard prop. That moves around. Whatever. Semantics, I think. Anyway, his claymation puppet. So movies that are stop motion entirely, like things like Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas, those things I'm fine with. They don't. But inserting stop motion into a live action movie breaks something in my brain. Mm -hmm. And my brain can't process it. And all it is, is my brain saying, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. Like it can't handle it i see it and it makes me physically ill Mm -hmm. so i wonder if anybody else is like that i well i don't know mabel from gravity falls is yeah she's fictional but you know i've never someone else myself must have to write that also have have these feelings of discomfort brought on by stop motion and claymation when it's inserted into reality-based programming Mm -hmm. so anyway they bring out the stop motion robot. Yes, at 209. At 209. And then they're like, who wants to volunteer for a demonstration? And this poor, young, up-and-comer, Mr. Kenny. Yes. You know, he's like, oh, now's the chance to impress the bosses with my go-get-it-ness. Yep. And Mr. Kenny dies. At 209, murders the crap out of him. Yes. He gets... And and this is the thing because the, in the the unrated version versus the rated version, the unrated version he continues to shoot Mr. Kenny after he is dead for an extended period of time. In the unrated version, yeah, he, he uh, th- this robot is a a grand failure. Yes, and 
I feel like this, like obviously Clarence and Dick Jones have been working together like this, but I feel like this takes Dick Jones from like, eh, well, let's keep our shadiness on the DL as possible. Probably to I'm a monster and I feel well, petty. Well, that my the, robot didn't work. It's obvious that he's a monster based on the fact that he calls the destructionly murderous massacre of Mr. Kenny as a glitch. Like he's not, he shows no remorse for it. He's just like, oh, my thing didn't work. But mind you, that's just general businessmen. Yeah, that's true. Anyone who's but, an executive on some board is a psychopath. Right. So, like, let's be real on that one. So, this is how we finally get into... This is where we meet Murphy. Murphy, who is such a plucky young up-and-comer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gets transferred from the Burbs. Out down from Metro South down to... Uh... No, wait. No, he gets he's transferred he, to Metro, so whatever. Either he, way, he comes from the Burbs. And he comes he from the Burbs. Paired up with Lewis, partner, mm-hmm. who's a you know kick-ass lady cop. Yep. They never treat Lewis like she's any different from any other cops. Yeah, and I like that is one thing I like. It's not like they're like, oh, lady cop, and he's not like Murphy never says to her something like that, like, oh, let me get the door for you or anything like that, like. They talk about who's going to drive, but it's all about like. Yeah, it's a that's more about like you're my new partner versus you're a lady. Yeah, yeah, it has nothing so to do with her being it, a lady. I feel like Lewis could have been a man or a woman. I feel like originally, I think I read somewhere that her part was not written. No, maybe no. I don't know, that's wrong. I'm thinking of a different movie. I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of Alien, where all of the characters were written genderless. Anyway. Anyway, but then I realized something about Lewis. That I realized about many people in this movie. Why are they all chewing gum? <laughs> there is a lot of gum chewing in this movie. It's the future. Gum's in again. Gum gives me such migraines. I can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that was a. That was just one thing I kind of, but it's peppered throughout the movie that everyone's chewing gum all the time. Okay. But one thing, Lewis, when she sneaks up on the bad guy, she's like blows a bubble and pops the bubble, and the guy knows she's there. Like, well, she what had are you the jump. She had the jump on that dude. Why didn't she just shoot him? In, in the Detroit that they're in, she probably should have just shot him. Yes. Not in not real a- life. Oh my god, no, no that's no. a bad idea. No. But no, like in the movie, like. These people are known cop killers. Yes. They are known that if they catch cops, they kill them. Like, mm-hmm. that is what they do. I mean, considering, well, no, I was going to say, considering Murphy then kills one of them immediately after, he does kill that dude because that dude was going to shoot him with a shotgun. The other guy is peeing. So I guess that's why Lewis doesn't shoot him. I guess. You don't want to shoot a man with his pants down. But I mean, like, she checks out that dude's dong. That's not professional. I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Well, okay, so she's got to check if he's packing heat. <laughs> Apparently, he was, but legitimate heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she gets thrown down a few times. Yeah, and becomes not useful. And thankfully, they don't kill both of them, but they murder the crap out of Murphy. Yes. And he goes in there so naive and bright eyed and bushy tail, like he's like, "I'm gonna arrest all these guys." Like, no, you're not. Yeah, no, this is the time you leave. And he's just like, nope, you're coming with dead or alive. You're coming with me. And it's like. He's just trying to do his job. You know, he's trying to catch the bad guys. Yeah, but um, your first day on the job coming from the burbs, going for the biggest fish seems like a big mistake. If if you recall, if you recall going from the the car scene, when they're in the car, they arrive, they call for backup. They're told the backup is too far away. And then he leaves it to Lewis. He says, it's your call. And then mm. it cuts to them going inside. Okay. Yeah. They definitely, they boobed up. Yes. Well, Lewis boobed up. It was her call. Yeah. But like they, yeah. Like. I mean, he thought he was getting the jump on two guys and then they all surround him. This That's, is true. This is true. You know. Yeah. But they, they kill him horribly. Yes. They kill the crap out of him. They like, shoot him with like 
four guys with shotguns just blowing at him. And then he takes a Desert Eagle bullet to the head. Yeah, like it's nasty. But somehow he survives enough. He survives long enough to go to the hospital. Which is like, okay. He's a fighter. That's how you know that he's good stock. That's why he's able to be Robocop. Because he hangs on. Even in death, he hangs on. And that's how he's, you know, pulls himself back from. But okay, I do like that they accounted for things. But no, I also was like, oh, they they accounted. Mm. Well, what does he eat? Basically, baby food. Yep, it's got like a feeding tube. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, but it was, and I like that they worked into the plot a bit. That they didn't account for dreams. Mm -hmm. That the brain would still dream. Yeah, and I thought that was a, a neat sort of like hiccup in the machine Mm -hmm. that the ghost in the machine. Yeah. That he's, he's not quite not human yet. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What did you think of like now looking back at it, the RoboCop design? Like, do you, that's, that's a tough question because it is iconic. Yeah. And they tried to do an updated one in a new movie, and it was not iconic. The funny thing is, is they actually did a decent update to the costume in the new RoboCop, and then they scrapped it and did a different outfit. Really? Like, yeah. Like, and I don't mean like it's in the movie. Like when he first arrives in, like he wakes up and he's the robot. He's in in the silver and black costume. It's mm-hmm. an updated version oh, of the silver and black costume. A, we only watched that movie once. Yes. But I looked at it and I'm like, that's, to be honest, like, that makes sense to me. It's the same costume. It's just streamlined. Yeah. It had a lot of the same details and everything. And then they made the black version and it was like, okay, now he just looks like Iron Man and it's not cool. Like, it's. No, remember when I solved that movie's plot hole with one line of dialogue and yes. made it a much better movie? I don't yes. remember what that dialogue was. It was that the villain, because the villain had was motivation. Michael Keaton, he had no motivation. And he had you, no motivation. Yeah. So you made up one line of dialogue that added motivation to him. Yeah. He had none. And I was like, this is stupid. It was mm-hmm. a bad movie. <laughs> So anyway, back to RoboCop, this RoboCop, the yes. good RoboCop. The one the, the better RoboCop, for yeah. sure. The one that was number one at the box office. That's right. Yes. Um, so RoboCop, obviously, he goes through this whole process of re- re- rediscovering who he is. And and I think it's done, like, rather well. Like, he, go, he goes through this, this bit where, you know, like, he's, like, starting to remember who he is. And he just is confused. And then he meets Emil. Mm-hmm. Well, he's trying to solve, solve yeah. a crime and that sets him down the rabbit hole where he goes and he goes through the, the wanted lists and finds all the guys and then goes through all like, you know, he finds he goes to his house and he has that that montage. Oh, can we talk about his house? OK, yeah. So his wife and son of ours, he packed up and left. Yes. It, it very much shows during the montage of them making Robocop. He's in production for a while. Yeah, they. I think they say they, there's a moment where they talk about. Like it'll be, yeah. In six months, they say in six months, Delta City starts construction. Starts construction, and then later on, another reference is made to the the starting construction of Delta City, and it's it's like a month, yeah, or something like that. So his his wife and son have moved. Yes, probably back with her parents or something like that. Probably, yeah. So he goes into his old house, and I know the realtors and like it was a be a great idea for COVID. Yeah, to have the the robot, the robot realtor, the, the video realtor. But the other thing too is, is no one coming to check on this property periodically? Because some of the areas in the house look nice, but some of them there's trash sitting out. Yeah, the one thing I didn't understand about it's a bad realtor, and I've never understood this, is why was like everything burnt? Like the yeah. photos are all burnt. Yeah. Like why would you have a burnt photos just lying around? Maybe it's supposed to add to like the the ambiance of misery he's feeling but at the same time it doesn't make any like who would leave that stuff for showing of a house you want that house spick and span and we we just went through this you gotta you know clear all the clutter get rid of any trash like this is what you do when you sell a house mm-hmm. and they didn't do it they didn't do it they left it all in there yeah and, and burned some of it apparently yeah so that <laughs> there's like dead it. flowers yeah like get rid of those flowers i guess maybe it's not selling very quick and the realtor's given up maybe, maybe. But it was supposed to be like a really nice neighborhood from what they showed. But yeah, so he starts to remember things and that sets him off on the warpath after Clarence. 
and uh, he actually like goes out for revenge. Okay. Can we talk about the dance scene? Oh, in the nightclub scene. Yeah. yeah. But I love when he like knocks Leon's gun out of his hand, which is Ray Wise. Yes. And some other guy just catches in the dance club and he's just like, I got gun. a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Just continues dancing. Yeah. He's having a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a fun scene. And then, uh, and then he goes to the cocaine laboratory and, um, and blows away everyone. Oh, yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Where yeah. he's just running around. My question is, because he's he's a robot, but he's not a robot. He's a cyborg. Yes. He's got organic parts still. They, we've established that he needs to f- to feed, right? Like he has to have food to get to get sustenance. Him. I would sustenance. call it sustenance. Sustenance. He's not wearing any facial protection. Oh, is all that cocaine flying around? Is he's is he getting high? <sighs> Just motoring. Maybe that's why he's like, I'm just going to kill this dude. You know, maybe because he's all high on cocaine. Maybe. Yeah, that must be it. Cocaine bear. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. When yeah. you're, even when you're a robot cop. But then like Clarence squeals like a pig. Yeah. And he's like, I work for Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. I feel like I feel like there is a bit of like. A missing section of the process when RoboCop books people because he he shows up to the police station and he's like, arrest this guy. He's a cop killer and doesn't drop off any of his evidence before he goes to arrest Dick Jones. Yeah, no, he he full on. Maybe it's a cocaine talking. Maybe he's he's too high on cocaine. He forgets the process of, of dropping off evidence before trying to make another arrest. <laughs> yeah that see that that makes sense to me he's just you know look he's had a really tough day okay so from here on any problems with the movie can be explained away by he's still high on cocaine well not just that but you think about all the dust floating around it's going to get into his circuits and mm-hmm. joints and the suit and everything like that it yep. is going to cause issues that powder has probably got some grit to it mm-hmm. see it all makes sense yeah no it doesn't <laughs> but yeah so he shows up to arrest Dick jones and I do have to admit, when we get the reveal, because uh, we're shown that he's got three um, directives directives at the start, mm-hmm. which is like, keep the P. What are the directives? You would know. Uphold the law. Preserve the public trust. Oh, what's the last one? Shame. I know. Shame. It is a shame. Oh, I'm sad. I'm going to feel bad that I don't remember it. So uphold the law. Preserve the public trust and are you looking it up? Mm-hmm. The most important one you forgot, serve the public trust, uphold the law, protect the innocent. There you go. That's the one. But then we find out about directive four that yes. is hidden in his programming in the code yeah it's all it's very subtly done because it's in the scene where where they're like showing off like when, when he's first introduced in the police station and they're going through some of his things like hey watch he can record he can record video he this is his targeting computer and bob morton's in the middle of being like this guy's the best and then along the side of the screen it's like here are my directives and then it's like directive four classified and then they let that sit there for a while. And Directive 4 doesn't come back up again until the scene that you're talking about with Dick Jones. Yeah. So anyway, but I do like the reveal of the Directive 4, which is he can't arrest any senior officers of SCP. OCP. OCP. SCP something else. <laughs> okay. It's got to do with creepy pasta. Oh, I see. Anyway. <laughs> So I did, I did have to admit that was a, a really good like little twisty that like Robocop can't arrest any of the big bad guys. Yeah. At- Dick Jones added that in to protect his own ass. Yeah. Yeah. And smarter Dick Jones. Cause like he's fun. He murdered the guy who created uh robocop yep. i mean that guy was having a, a fun night with some, uh, he was having a cocaine party. He was with two sex workers, the bitches. No. No, that's what I know. It's so rude. Well, it, he was a he was He's a, a bad dude. guy. He was a bad guy. He calls them bitches. Bitches. But Ooh. that's and then we get 
and Ed 209 showing up. Yes. And it's defeated <laughs> by its only weakness. Stairs. Stairs. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is? And this is like a behind the scenes thing. I loved seeing it die. Uh, okay. Well, it didn't die. It died You know later. what I mean? Yeah. But it, it lose. So what they did was for the, this is like a behind the scenes thing because I've watched like a billion featurettes on this. The rest of the sequence, like obviously there, there are a few shots of like, because they built a full scale Ed 209 that's on set for a lot of the shots. And basically, you can tell the difference between which is the the real one and which is the model when by looking at the shape of the cockpit, because it's uh, it got squished like the 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 mold got squished. Mm -hmm. So it's slightly more curved on. I forget which one it is, but one of them is more curved than the other. And uh, and it's more obvious in the scene where they open the doors at the, the first time you see an Ed, Ed 209 because it cuts from the it being there to a shot of the model so it mm. cuts so it's like because it, it's the it's ed 209 and then it's dick jones and then ed 209 again and when that happens it's it's a lot more obvious that it's it's changed shape but um what they did for the stair fall they didn't they didn't animate that in stop motion they literally dropped the puppet down a flight of Fake, that's great a fake stairs and and out of the shot is one of the like another one of the the stop motion guys because there was more than one working on it sitting there waiting to catch it because that was the only model and oh. if it fell and hit the floor and broke they would have to completely remake the model <gasps> so that's one thing that i always read like basically how they did it was they had a, a model set a staircase and they put the puppet at the top and there was a pin in its foot that held it standing up and they pull the pin and it would fall down the stairs and then the guy would catch it. Dang. No. Well, it was great. But another question for you about Ed 209. Yes. Why do they roar? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it literally roars like a tiger. Yeah. And I they, was like. they Well, they, you know, they do stuff like that. Like, I mean, Jaws roars in, in one of the Jaws movies. Like they do that to make it more in interesting and more intimidating. The one thing that's really funny is the guy who does the voice of Ed 209 is actually one of the movie's producers. And he's like this kind of squirrely looking nerdy dude. Like. The voice of Ed 209 is a guy who looks like a dead ringer for the guy who's on the TV. The guy who's like, oh. I'd buy that for a dollar. He looks like that. Wow. And and he's like, basically, like I've, I've heard outtakes of them where he's like just talking, but they still have all the Ed 209 processing on it because he's like between takes. So he does like the, please put down your weapon. That was a good take. I think we should keep that take. But meanwhile, it's like, that was a good take. We should keep that take. Like, you know, like it's yeah. all like the Ed 209 voice. It's a good, and then they start talking about like the weather. <laughs> and oh. it's all, so that's fun stuff. But yeah, and I don't then, know why it roars, though. So obviously, Dick Jones and Clarence have a bit of a disagreement. And then he gives Clarence these giant guns mm -hmm. to take out. State of the art bam bangs. But then they just start shooting random stuff with these guns. Because they're crazy I But criminals. I get it. I get it. I get it. But my thinking is they've only got so many bullets. How do you know there's not like a stack of bullets in the car? But how do you know there is? They're wasting all these bullets. Okay. Here's a, here's a better question for you. How many times in the movie did you see RoboCop reload? Never? He does it once. Oh. One time. And it's not during a gunfight. Oh. So it's a movie. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> Did you know that when he is in the vehicles, he doesn't have any pants on? Yes, I did know that. It's <laughs> it's him in the, the suit from the waist up and then in the bottom, it's just, it's just like a leotard. Because yeah, he couldn't physically sit down in the outfit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. It is pretty clunky. And, like, Peter Weller must be fairly slight because the waist of that Robocop looks fairly slender. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. No, well, also from the sounds of it, he lost, like, a pound a day, like, a few pounds a day from just sweating. They, oh, they filmed the, it was just like dehydration. They yeah. filmed the movie in Dallas. Like, it, it takes place in Detroit. They filmed it in Dallas in the summer, and he was, like, sweating every day. I'm surprised they didn't film it here. Well, it was back before they filmed a lot more stuff here. But That's true. I mean, some interesting things that, that like, Peter Weller was very, 
very into the process of creating RoboCop. Like he basically created like this whole way that he was going to move. And, and then they were like, here's the suit. And he's like, this is not at all what I thought I was going to be wearing. And I cannot do how I was planning. Was on he going to do the robot dance? Apparently it was supposed to be very like bird and snake like in its movements is what, how it was described. But, uh, in the end, when he was like, I can't, I can't wear this. Basically, like his mime coach, because he had like a mime coach that, that they, they just, they worked this out. He basically, the first day, they shut down filming for the first day so that Peter Weller could get in the suit and discover a new way to walk to, to make it look like he was a robot in the suit. And the, the thing that they came up with was his chest goes first. So if you watch it anytime now, Every time he turns, his chest turns before his head turns. Interesting. In any way he walks, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I can, when I'm visualizing it, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the entire first day of filming, they filmed nothing because Peter Weller was trying to figure out how to walk around. I read a thing that, because uh, Nancy Allen is the actor who plays Lewis, right? Yes. Her first day on set was when they were filming the clips for like, I'd buy that for a dollar. And she thought she made a huge mistake and that the director didn't know what he was doing. And like, she was like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? And Mm -hmm. because they were filming that, but it's meant to be. Yeah. Like really ridiculous satire and and everything. Yeah. 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 They, he cut, they cut her hair for this movie too. Cause she was really well known for having like really long, you know, curly hair. Really? Yeah, and she cut they cut her hair for the movie to make her stand out. Like it's it's interesting. There's a lot of uh changing of like characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like um Ronnie Cox, Ronnie Cox was known for being a nice guy in movies. Oh. Like this was a very big turn for him as he was his first his first time playing a villain. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He was like he was like a Oh, what's the guy's name? I wanted to say Andy Warhol, but that's not who I mean at all. Uh, Andy Griffith? Andy Griffith. He was a very like Andy Griffith style. Andy Warhol. Yeah. <gasps> Although he is in he is in um, Deliverance. Oh. But at the time, he was known more for being like the nice, a nice guy gotcha. kind of a thing. And then Robocop was the first like asshole film that he was in. And then, of course, the same director put him in Total Recall, where he was the asshole villain in that movie, too. He plays it well. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of him. Yes. Talking about him falling at the window? <laughs> yes. We can talk. What the is... worst effect in the movie. His arms. He's like They're Freddy so Krueger. long. They're so long. It's like Freddy Krueger in the alley. Exactly. Uh, I love this movie so much. and uh, But for whatever reason, that, that he, and then all I can't the defend that shot. Yeah. All the executives are absolutely delighted that he's dead. They're like, oh, God, he was such a dick. I'm glad he's dead. Well, his name is Dick. Is Dick but you know what I mean? They're all I know, like, I know. They, this dude got one of their buddies like killed, mm-hmm. and they are probably all like, I'm next if he brings one of those things. But oh, no, now they're running all over the building. I'm going to get shot by one of these things. Yep. Oh, we killed Dick Jones? I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the old man, it's interesting because the old man is not played as villainous in this movie. No, he seems to have a good heart. Yeah, the second movie, the old man is very much played Aww. as like a villain. Well, that's sad. Yeah, there, there's a lot of changes to like motivation uh, changes. I wouldn't say changes. It's actually funny. Is Rip Torn shows up in the third movie, and he was supposed to be the old man's character, and really? uh, and for whatever reason, I forget why he he wasn't in it. I don't think it was because he was dead, but I, there was a reason why he would he didn't come back. And and so basically his character was Rip Rip Torn took his his role. So everything that Rip Torn would have done, it would have been the old man in Robocop oh, three. Okay. Also, you probably shouldn't watch Robocop three. It's very weird. He fights a ninja. I don't think I've seen Robocop three. You're probably better off. And I've seen two. Yeah. And the new one. Two one? two's not two's not great, but it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. I enjoy two. Okay, two fair. is fun. Mm-hmm. Three is not. Three is three is the one where they were like, "Hey, kids like this, put him in a jetpack." Oh, <laughs> you know, he has a kid sidekick in the third one. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I don't uh, think kids should be anywhere near. Robocop. Peter Weller is not in it. It's the guy from Thinner who, really? who plays RoboCop in the third one. Uh, is Nancy Allen in it? She is. She dies. 
What? Yeah, they kill Lewis in the third movie. What garbage. Yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds like trash. Yeah. Let's not watch it. I, I, I we probably, I mean, we couldn't even use it. I, this podcast is an excuse to watch it. It's weird. It's really weird. Him fighting the ninja is is interesting to watch as a curiosity, not as entertainment. Okay, fair, <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah. He swaps out his hand and puts a flamethrower on it at one point. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool. And that's about all there is. There are more Ed 209s in it, too. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like it. I like the design of Ed 209, mm -hmm. but the actual movement of Ed 209, I can't do it. Right, right. Okay, well, I feel like we've talked about the whole movie. And I could grow, I could keep talking about Robocop. I know you could talk about Robocop until the end of time. So if there's anything else you want to say about Robocop, say it now or forever hold your peace. I like Robocop. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so that's what we thought about the movie. But critics in 1987 had their own thoughts on the movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? So, this movie has a much higher critical review than I thought. Really? It is a 90. Good. It's a. It's worth. It's worth it. Yeah. The audience score is an eighty-four. They're wrong. So critics got it right. Mark Salisbury of Time Out said it is vile, violent, and very funny. The pace is breakneck, and when the wit does run out, way out weaponry and whole scale destruction keep the appalled excitement burning. He loved it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's. This might be the best review I've ever heard of Robocop. There you go. Mm -hmm. Walter Goodman, you're not going to like this one, from New York Times says, whatever may have been in the minds of the writers, uh, Edward Neumeyer and Michael Miner has more trouble emerging from Mr. Verhoeven's sizzling battles than poor Murphy does from his robo suit. He didn't like it. No, he didn't. I don't like him. That's the, there you go. So, and then our bad. boy, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Most thriller and special effects movies come right off the assembly line. Robocop is a thriller with a difference. Loved it. Good. It has one Oscar win. Effects, I'm assuming. Special effects for sound editing. Oh, It was yeah. nominated for film editing and sound, uh, but it lost both to The Last Emperor. Mm. And it was the most nominated uh, film at that year's Saturn Awards. That makes it sense. It won Best Sci-Fi Film, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Makeup, and Best Effects. Nice. I mean, I feel like the Saturn Awards were, were oh, was right really going to be appreciated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what do we think of the movie? Do you go first or do I go first? I go first because I picked. Okay. I mean, come on. There's no way my third favorite movie of all time is not getting a double butter. Yeah, it's a given. No, I, I, I love RoboCop. It's the satire is amazing. The action is phenomenal. Uh, I find something new every time I watch this movie. And and I love it. It's one of my favorites for a reason. So I don't know what else I can say that's not blinding praise for this movie. So abs for you. So I feel like I'm going to be sleeping on the couch tonight because oh. I am giving it a plane. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give it a burnt with the sleeping on the couch. No. Oh, but I feel honey. like. So here's here's why. Uh huh. This is not a movie I'd recommend to everybody. No, it's definitely not for everybody. But even then, this is a movie that there are people who I would tell to actively avoid. Okay. Because, especially the unrated version, maybe the made-for-TV version, but I can see a wide audience that this would just not appeal to. Mm-hmm. If I were to ever sit down and feel like I want to watch an action movie or something like that, I would pick Dread over this every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, I would never watch this movie on my own unless you were like, I want to watch Robocop. And then I'd watch it with you. Like, sure, absolutely, I would watch it with you. But I would never seek this movie out to watch on my own. Mm -hmm. It's too much stop motion. <laughs> no, it's not the only reason. But like, it is a good movie. I agree with you. It is entertaining. But it's just, if I never watched RoboCop again, I'd be totally fine with it. Okay. Well, it's a good thing you're already on the couch and wearing a blanket because I'm going to not see you in the bed tonight. That's for sure. That is for sure. You're lucky it's not a burnt, so this marriage will continue. On thin ice. But that, on that terrible note, no, it's fine. 
you're entitled to your opinion, but you are sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> on that note, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Check out next week's episode. What we will be looking at. You're gonna like this. It's timely. Uh huh. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Really? That's funny. The original Angelina Jolie one came out 20 years ago last month. Well, there you go. It is t- it is timely because I just finished last night Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the latest Lara Croft game. So there it, you when go. I was watching the ending there, I was like, man, I'd like to watch Tomb Raider again. <gasps> I bet it qualifies. Bam. And there it, it was. There it was. Okay. We'll look forward to that movie next week for this episode of Burnt Popcorn. I am Mike. I am tired. And you are in the right place to go to sleep. We'll talk to you again. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> <laughs>